Hello, this is Nels Davis, and you're listening to episode 103 of the Secrets of Product Management podcast. In this episode, I show how to slice and dice a customer success story up into different components that can be used for creating great, engaging marketing content, for qualifying new prospects during discovery calls and on your sales page, and for handling sales objections. Now, in the last episode, 102, I showed how I could transform an okay customer success story into a much more dramatic and emotionally engaging story with a few simple changes, including clearly laying out the customer's transformation. The story went from okay to wow in the process, at least I think so. Now, in this episode, we're going to focus on the same story, the updated version, and talk about some ways to use a customer success story to help you, your marketing organization, and your sales team take your product to market more successfully. The ways you can use a customer success story to ramp up your persuasion and influence. So having customer success stories that resonate emotionally with the target prospect goes to the fundamentals of persuasion and influence. Now that we have a kick-ass customer success story from last episode, let's see how we can use it. Now, in some of my previous episodes, I've talked about four specific ways you can use stories about the problems of your customers and prospects and how you solve them. Now, in ep this episode, we're going to talk about the marketing and sales use of customer success stories. In a future episode, we'll talk about how to use stories of your prospects' pain to motivate your developers and to get funding for your projects. So again, this is Nels Davis. You're listening to episode 103 of the Secrets of Product Management podcast. You can find the show notes, including links to related podcast episodes and other useful resources about storytelling, persuasion, and influence at secretsofpm.com slash 103. Now in this episode, I'll quickly review the version of the customer success story from the last episode, and then we'll break down a few examples of how we can use components of the story for marketing, for lead qualification, and for objection handling. So a couple of things to talk about before we really get into the story and how to use it. It's key to remember that a good prospect for you is not some demographic or an ill-defined segment. A good prospect for your product, the ideal customer avatar is sometimes called, is a person who has the exact problem you solve and who has been looking, often unsuccessfully, usually unsuccessfully, for a solution. They are frustrated and possibly running ragged. They see disaster in front of them if they can't solve this problem, and that's why they're willing to open their wallets. Now, there are some cases where the customer, ideal customer, doesn't know they have a problem yet. We're not going to talk about this in this particular episode, but that's another whole area of go-to-market. But if your customer knows they have a problem but are really struggling to solve it, that's your ideal customer, and the kind of customer story that I have here is exactly for that type of customer. So that's why it's so important to make sure to capture all of that information in your customer success stories, how the problem was impacting the customer before they found your solution, what would have happened if they hadn't been able to solve the problem, how they'd tried and failed to solve the problem with other solutions. So those are all the key points that, when you mention them, are going to make your ideal prospects take notice and feel emotionally that you are the solution they've been looking for. So let's set a few key concepts in place. A customer success story is useful when the customer in the story is like the other customers you want to get. In other words, they're like your ideal customer avatar. The problem they had and solved with your solution is the problem your ideal prospects have. Your customer success story needs to clearly show the problem and clearly show the transformation. In addition, it lists out a number of things the customer tried and failed before they found your solution. Those are all components that are really important if you're going to use a particular customer success story for marketing. It has to match the problem, and you have to be able to lead the prospect through or the reader through the process that they went through and the things that they tried. So that it's pretty clear 
that your solution is their best alternative. So let me now just read the story and I'll put some background music so you can clearly tell that I'm reading a story. Rebecca and Steve were tearing out their hair with the stress of getting their luxury household goods to customers cost-effectively and with no mistakes. As their startup, Taupe and Color, grew, shipping had become so expensive and challenging, they were watching their profits go down the drain. Manually getting all their shipping and fulfillment solutions to work together resulted in mistakes like late shipments and double shipments. The business was becoming about managing shipping rather than creating amazing products for their clients. After some research, Rebecca and Steve chose the Box It Up shipping platform as the key component of their solution due to its ability to significantly reduce their shipping costs. But because it had no connection to Package King, their aggregation platform to collect orders from different stores and marketplaces like Amazon, Etsy, and Jane, they continued to have to manage the process manually. Their costs went down, but their stress went up and the errors didn't stop until they found FlowState. With FlowState's smart connectivity and integrations, including to Box It Up and Package King, their marketplaces like Etsy Jane and Amazon, and the other key components of Topin Color's value chain, the story changed immediately. No more late shipments, no more double shipments, and no more stress. FlowState keeps all their systems in sync so they can let go of the operations side and focus on what matters. Rebecca and Steve could go back to doing what they do best and what they love, designing and creating great products for their customers' homes. I was really worried the business was going to crash on the rocks of shipping, of all things. But now with Box It Up and Package King and Flow State tying everything together, shipping is not a problem. And we've been able to expand the business even faster than we were before, including creating a whole new line of pillows and linens that we just didn't have the ability to do before we got shipping under control. Flow State has actually been a growth engine for the business. So let me take a few minutes to highlight some important pieces of the story. First, we have a few good quotes from Steve and Rebecca. The structure of the story clearly lays out the problem they had, the difficulty of finding the solution, and the transformative results of finally selecting flow state as part of their stack. Now the story has details about their complicated setup and some of the things that make it more complicated, such as selling on multiple marketplaces and having multiple e-commerce related software components. The story makes it clear what the problem was. They were spending too much time and too much money on shipping, which was impacting both their profits and their ability to produce new products. Now, the ideal prospects for this product are going to be very much like Steve and Rebecca. They're small vendors selling consumer goods on multiple marketplaces with multiple tools causing complications and headaches. These prospects are going to be highly frustrated both with the cost of shipping and how much time it takes to execute and manage and they're going to feel like they're spending all their time on managing their systems instead of creating new products for the market. That's the characteristics of the ideal customer, just like Rebecca and Steve, at least based on this story. Now, you might have other customer stories that have slightly different types of ideal customer avatars, but they're going to have similar problems. And this story is going to talk about that. And FlowState might be a good solution for those as well. So let's talk about, first of all, some key concepts in marketing. One of the great acronyms you can think about for marketing is AIDA, which is A-I-D-A, Attention, Interest, Desire, Action. And the goal of your marketing, the marketing portion of your go-to-market, is to attract the attention of your ideal prospect, to raise their interest, and to create desire on their part for a solution like yours. Now, the action component, that's really, in some sense, the sales part. Taking action is buying your product or reaching out to you for more information, whatever it might be. So, one of the 
fundamental things you can do in marketing to help gather people's attention and their interest is to use other successful customers' own words in your marketing. So again, marketing is about those first three, attention, interest, and desire, and you have to start by getting their attention. One of the best ways to do that is to say, someone just like you has achieved a goal or eliminated a pain that you have, let me tell you more. And then that's going to create the attention and then the interest. And then as you tell the story, it's going to create the desire. So a good customer story obviously gives you those components. Now, in this case, we can talk about several pains that are likely to be common amongst our target market. Shipping costs getting out of hand, dealing with shipping taking too much of our time, having multiple systems that don't communicate, resulting in me having to be the integration between them. I'm a successful small business person selling my own wares, but I'm overwhelmed by the challenges of simply shipping out my products. So those are going to be some of the problems that your ideal customer avatar is going to have. Note that these are not the only problems that our target market has, but they're all issues that are, A, clearly significant based on our story, and they're mentioned in the story. So if we're thinking about how to use this story in particular for marketing, those are all messages we might want to use to attract attention from the correct target market. So those are the ideas we want to get across in our marketing to attract the interest of our ideal target customer. But how do we express those ideas? Well, again, one of the best ways is often just to use the customer's own words. And again, this is why we turn to the story as the basis for this marketing effort. And there's a few good quotes in here that align with some of these points. In particular, I was really worried the business was going to crash on the rocks of shipping, of all things. Now, one thing to note is that you go through this analysis, it might raise additional questions that you'd like to ask the customer, just so you get some good quotes that you can use in your marketing. And you might actually think about that before you interview them for the customer story. What would be ideal things for the customer to have said for me to use in my marketing? And then make sure you ask the questions that elicit those answers. So we figured out some topics that are likely to resonate with our ideal target customer, and we have some good quotes. How do we use those in the marketing to actually attract the attention and interest of these ideal targets. One of the simplest things, simply to use the quote as the headline of your marketing material. If you're doing marketing, whether that's an ad or a landing page or whatever, you can put that quote showing clearly that it is a quote at the top of the page. The rest of the ad at this point can be whatever you would normally put in an ad. Talk about the benefits that someone's going to get, perhaps put a little more background on the person giving the quote so the ideal target customer can identify even more closely, and then a call to action, ideally based still on the problem. Now, the key point here is that you're using a customer quote as your headline because people resonate with things that other people say. Your ideal target customer is going to say, oh, I'm a lot like that person. I had that same problem. I should learn more, as opposed to saying something that's very dry or technical as the headline. And as technologists, we love to use the dry and technical stuff. It's what we feel most natural about. But... For marketing, you need to make something that's going to be more engaging if you want to build that, grab that attention and build that interest. That's the first phase, grabbing the attention, building the interest. Let's think about the next step, which is what I'm going to call qualifying the prospect. Basically, this is something that occurs if you're doing direct sales. The salesperson will t call the prospect and ask them some questions to determine if they really are the right candidate for the solution that we have. If you're selling something online like the flow state, application itself is something that is mostly sold online. There's not a direct sales force. Then you want the prospect when they come to the website to qualify themselves. So there's applications of qualifying, whether it's a direct sales model or an online sales model. It has to happen in both cases. Basically, 
How does a person know they're on the right site if it's an online case? And they need to qualify themselves. There's different ways to do this. You can ask them questions. You can actually use a quiz to ask them questions. Or you could just have the questions on the site, maybe as part of the frequently asked questions, and we'll come back to that, those in a minute. Or you can just make it clear exactly who the people are who will benefit most from the solution. Talk about the problem that they, they have or the problem that you solve, what characteristics they or their business have, etc. For this product, FlowState, it's, as I said, it's mostly sold over the internet without a direct sales force, and customers implement it on their own, which is actually a point that's not made in the story, by the way, but that would be a good addition to the story. So let me show you what I mean. What you're going to do is you're going to take a phrase out of the story and use it on your sales page to help the client qualify themselves in or out. The line in the story that I think will be really useful for this is when they're talking about Box It Up, the shipping platform, and the fact that because it had no connection to Package King, their aggregation platform to collect orders from different stores and marketplaces like Amazon, Etsy, and Jane, they continued to have to manage the process manually. So the qualification question, if a salesperson were going to ask, would be, do you have to manually manage your shipping process? Because even though you have multiple tools, the integration across all your marketplaces is falling short. And on a sales page, when there's not an actual person asking the question, you'd probably use something like, flow state is ideal for you if, despite your shipping and packaging tools, you still have to manually manage your shipping process because the integration across all your marketplaces falls short. Something like that. So I've taken a line from the story. I've done a little reworking just to make it fit into a sales page. But there it is to help the prospect who lands on my sales page to determine whether this is something for them. And if they are having this problem, they're going to say, yes, I need to learn more about that. So the third topic is going to be objection handling. So objection handling is important, even if you don't have a direct sales force. Think about the frequently asked questions section on a business's website. These are questions that people have about the business and its products. And in particular, the frequently asked questions should focus on the things that the ideal customer avatar is going to be worried about. If you think about the objections that a prospect would have, they're going to mostly reflect their perception of the risk of buying the product or often of taking action at all. So what are some typical objections going to be? Well, things like, it's too expensive. I will need someone to implement it for me. It will be too complicated with all my other tools. I have an unusual situation with lots of marketplaces. I bought all these other tools to solve my problems and I don't want yet another one. Now in a direct sales company where there's a salesperson talking to the prospect, they might raise these objections directly. And one of the best responses is always of the form, oh, that's a great question or a valid concern. One of our customers, Steve at Topin Color, he was very worried that Flow State wouldn't be able to handle all the inputs and outputs in his very complicated workflow. But, and then the salesperson would tell the rest of the story. So how would you do this on a frequently asked questions page? Well, the question might be, will FlowState just add to the complexity of managing my back end? The answer would be, with FlowState, not only do you eliminate late shipments and double shipments, but you eliminate stress. FlowState keeps all your systems in sync so you can let go of the operations side and focus on what matters, designing and creating great products for your customers' homes. Now that's almost verbatim from the story. So note that as you think about potential objections, you'll also come up with additional questions to ask your successful customers about their implementation. For example, it would be great to have the customer's actual words in the story about how their system is now easier to manage because of flow state. Something to go back to them, to Steve and Rebecca and ask them about. So now those are the three main points I wanted to talk about using the 
components of the story for gaining attention and interest, for helping the customer qualify themselves on your website or for giving you qualification questions for the sales team to use, and for handling objections, whether that's through, again, the direct sales force responding to objections or answering frequently asked questions on the website, which should be typically focused on objections, among other things. So speaking of frequently asked questions, let's tackle a few of the questions that people often ask me about using customer success stories in this way. That is, this is the objection handling portion of this episode about storytelling. And some frequently asked questions on using stories that I've gotten before. What if the customer didn't literally say the thing I need them to have said? In other words, so I mentioned using a customer quote in your headline of your sales page. What if they, the thing they said didn't exactly have the right form for that? Well, I usually feel comfortable paraphrasing what they actually said to make it work better in my marketing. Things like changing tenses, changing, updating uh, the count of verbs and things so that they so they match better. It should be based on what they said, obviously, and it should have the same meaning. You want them to feel, if they read it, did I say those exact words? I'm not usually that articulate, but I agree with it and wish I had said it. In other words, you're kind of being the script writer for your customer in terms of you're saying what they meant to say. You're not saying something different, but you're maybe saying it slightly better than they said it. And I think that's okay. Another common question is what if the customer doesn't want to let you use their name? Well, this is less likely if you've already created a customer success story with the customer, like the case with Rebecca and Steve, but it can still happen. In this case, I feel like you can anonymize the customer a little bit and this will still work. So you might say, Rebecca and Steve, without giving last names, from a small luxury home goods company, something like that. In this case, the call to action can include a promise to reveal the customer details if that's appropriate. So the website might have the Rebecca and Steve piece without any additional identifying information. And when the customer reaches out, you, they may say, well, I'd like to know more about Rebecca and Steve. And then at some point, the direct salesperson or something like that can, can give more information about the exact people. So third question, what if I have an objection or frequently asked question, but I don't have a related customer quote? Well, you don't have to have a quote for your frequently asked questions. It's just useful. You have two options at this point, though. One is to simply use what you know about the product. For example, if the question is about pricing, you can put the pricing information in the frequently asked question. That doesn't necessarily require a customer quote. In addition, of course, you can go back to the customer to get their perspective. Something, maybe ask them a question like, how did the price of flow state compare to other options you had? And, or to not taking any action. In other words, what was the cost of not doing anything compared to the cost of buying flow state? And then use that answer to help you with your frequently asked question. So there's lots of different options to go on. You can be very flexible. Nothing is set in stone here. So in this episode, I showed you what you can do for sales and marketing based on one customer story. Of course, your goal as a product manager or product marketer is to have a bunch of these stories. One is better than none, of course. So you have snippets that will fit any occasion, any objection, and enable you to market and attract leads in different ways. If you're selling one product to one segment, those stories may all be similar, of course, but since every customer is slightly different, you'll have lots of variety to choose from. For the product in this story, for example, the clients might have different tools they need to integrate. They might have different price points for the product they sell, and those are going to make their stories a little bit different. All of that information can be used for marketing. For example, they might have free shipping, or they might have expensive shipping, or they might do drop shipping. 
The size of the company might vary. It might be a one-person shop or a 100-person company. And all of those are going to create slightly different stories, even if they're all small businesses that are selling goods that they ship. So you want to have customer success stories that cover that full gamut of possibilities because those reflect all of your ideal customers. And so you want to collect, obviously, multiples of those. So what are the key takeaways? Obviously, get customer stories. They're gold for sales and marketing, as I just showed. Second, whether or not there's a human salesperson in the mix, you have to qualify the prospect and you have to answer their objections. And customer stories, when well-researched and defined, are great for that. Number three, make sure to ask all the questions you need to make your customer stories as powerful as possible. And this is both as a story itself, as well as for use in marketing and sales. Now, of course, you may find out additional information beyond what you put in the published version of the story, but you can definitely use that in your sales and often in your marketing as well. So I would love to hear your feedback on the process I used in this episode and the previous one to improve the story and then show how you'd use the components of the story for marketing and sales. I love to help people make this kind of transformation in their stories, customer success stories, product stories, and even the stories of your own accomplishments that you might use in a job interview. If you have a customer story that could use improvement and don't mind sharing the process with the world, I'd love to have you on the podcast and we can work on it live in person and make those transformations. Obviously, it will be recorded. It won't be really live. And I would love to help you with that. So let me know. Drop me a line. You can connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. I'm Nils Davis on both. This has been episode number 103 of the Secrets of Product Management podcast. Please like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Until the next episode, this is Nels Davis. Bye-bye.